0: Thank you so much, Paul. Well, I have had just about the most fun anyone can have over a weekend. I hope you have too. I love being in the presence of God. It's a happy thing to be in the presence of God. He really does make me very happy. Um, I hope he makes you very happy too. That was one of you. I've just, I I really have had so much fun. Thank you so much for hosting me. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, for those of you who've come out uh, over the last two days, um, I count it such a high privilege to be one who uh, is able to share the incredible kindness of the Father to his people. Um, I, I get such a kick out of it. And, uh, I love what God's doing. I love how many people, how many of you have really encountered God over this weekend? Num- wow. Numbers have got healed, numbers have encountered God. I loved some of the stories. Last night, the thing that really got me was some of these young guys receiving from God, just enjoying the presence of Jesus. It always gets me, actually. I love it when young people encounter God. I was nine years old when God met with me in a very powerful way and everything changed as a result. And, uh, I, I tell you, we are living in days where God is eager to meet with his people. Amen. I've had so much fun hanging out with Brian um, at his home. It's been an absolute blast. Thank you so much for your hospitality. Um, one of the most accessible gifts that you can demonstrate as a Christian is hospitality. So this week, your job is to invite someone around for a meal. Some of you are going, Really? It's loads of fun to be in community, isn't it? It's loads of fun to be a people who are together, people who are family. I I always find it fascinating that in a church like this, you can have people from different backgrounds, different cultural groups, different nationalities, and yet we have one thing that draws us together, and that's Jesus. And. uh, I I want to end um, this weekend off by teaching a little bit into how to sustain a uh, move of God, how to sustain living in a place of faith. I've been teaching through a number of topics over this weekend. We started off on Friday night with our free access into the presence of God. Don't you love the fact that it is finished? You don't have to pay for anything anymore. Christ paid it all. I like that. I like that. And we've got free access right into the very presence of God. It means that there's never going to be a day when the father's going to go, do you know what, son? I need a little bit of me time. I just need a little bit of daddy time by myself. Could you please stop praying? Could you please just leave me on the side alone? There's never going to be a day when I approach his throne. He's going to go, do you know what? I've just about had enough of your attitude. Why don't you go and sit in the corner over there? There's never going to be a day when the Father's going to have a do not disturb sign outside his office door. There's never going to be a day where I will be rejected. There's never going to be a day where I will be turned away. There'll never be a day where I won't have access right into the very presence of God. All because of Jesus. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. And then uh, yesterday morning I spoke about cultivating a secret garden, cultivating a heart that is postured, that is prepared to enjoy revelation from heaven, enjoy hearing God's voice. Do you know it is the privilege of sons to hear God's voice? It's the privilege of children to hear the voice of the Father. I was teaching at New Day a few weeks ago about the wonderful pleasure of being a son and how the Holy Spirit is a picture of the father coming toward us. Do you remember the story in the prodigal son, where the father runs to the prodigal, falls on the prodigal, and kisses him in the neck? Do you remember that story? In Luke chapter 15, that phrase, when the father fell on him, is the same phrase that speaks and is used in the book of Acts when the Holy Spirit fell on people. Don't you like that? The Holy Spirit is the kiss of the father. I was telling some of the young people in New Gay, about how in my culture, when I get off the plane, I go home, I get off the plane, I walk out of the airport. My dad will be there. My dad's quite a big guy. got a big beard. He looks a bit like Charles Spurgeon. And uh, you'll look at me and you'll go, hi, son, and give me a fat kiss on my lips. Now, I know for most of you men from Hastings, that's not what you do. I understand that, but that's just what happens in my culture. If any of you men try that with me, I'll punch you in the head. <laughs> because you're not my father. My dad is the only one who has the privilege of kissing me on the lips. So you don't even try it because I will <laughs> punch you. That's what the Holy Spirit and our relationship with him is like. It is the privilege of the Father to pour out the Holy Spirit upon you. So that you enjoy intimacy with him. That's what it's about. That's what this love relationship is about. And then kind of somewhere halfway through yesterday morning, God broke in and a whole lot of you got freedom. How many you just felt so free after that session of things that have been holding you for years? So wonderful. The testimonies of people getting set free with just amazing stories of people getting healed. We are living in some wonderful days. Last night I spoke about faith and breaking unbelief. We have to be counterculture in the UK. We have to be a people who no longer come under the cloud of cynicism and unbelief, but become a people who believe that actually God wants to bless us. God wants to do the impossible. He's still the God of the Impossible. He's not just real powerful; he is all powerful. You know, uh, um, uh, David Cameron he's a powerful man. I'm sure he has, you know, a few buttons where he could just obliterate whole nations from his office. Maybe I don't know. He's a powerful man, but he doesn't control weather patterns. <laughs> he doesn't control the working mechanisms of the universe. Only God does that, because he is all-powerful. And it's important that we realize, because when we understand the sovereignty of God, it causes us to minister from a place of rest. Because he's large and he's in charge. He's in control over everything. My position in God determines my perspective, and my perspective determines my prayer life. When you begin to understand that I'm a king's kid, you're a king's kid. If you're a Christian here this morning, you're you're a son, a daughter of the king. That means your position is forever seated in the heavenly places. Your perspective is different from anyone else. I'm going to get some of you to help me in a moment, but we're going to get there today. I'm going to preach myself happy, and I hope you're going to get happy too. The reality is this, friends, that when you begin to understand your position as a son, your prayer life isn't simply about, God, help me, help me change the circumstance, help me do this. No, no, your position and your perspective gets changed because you begin to understand that heaven's opinion on the circumstance you're facing is very different from your opinion as you look at it from an earthbound level. It means that even when I'm walking through suffering, even when I'm walking through difficulty and I'm not quite sure what will happen, I can still trust him because he's intrinsically good and wants to bless me. And so this morning I want us to pick up in Galatians chapter 3 and I want to just share very quickly. I might um, prophesy over a few people before I get into my sermon. I hope that's okay. If not, I've got the mic so you'll have to deal with it. perfected by the flesh. Did you suffer so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain, does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by the works of the law or by hearing of faith? Just as Abram believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abram and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abram Saying, In you shall the nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Father, I ask you this morning to bring revelation on these words. I ask you for demonstrations of healing this morning. I ask for demonstrations of the prophetic this morning. I ask for words of knowledge. I ask for a flow of prophecy that would unlock your heart and your people. I ask that this word, as it's being preached, would be fused with Holy Spirit power so that men and women would come into an experience of truth and lives would be forever altered and radically changed to the glory of Jesus. I thank you for what you've done this weekend. Thank you for healings. Thank you for strongholds that have been broken. Thank you for freedom that has come to people. Thank you for um, worship that has touched your heart and touched ours. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that your hand is surely upon this church for good. For good. So help us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, Stan and Emma, I want you to stand. I feel God has given me a word for you guys. Um, You don't need to look too nervous. It's going to be fun, I promise. I just feel like God wants to encourage you that his hand is on you. And Emma, I feel this is partly for you. I feel like God wants you to know you're fully equipped for every good work. I feel like there have been moments where you have lived under a sense of, can I really do this? Am I really called to not only just be alongside supporting your husband, but you know there have been things that have been brewing in your heart. You say, God, can I actually do this? And the Father wants you to know he loves you so much. He is so well pleased with you. He He loves the moments in the frenetic pace of life where you whisper how much you love him. He loves those moments when everything else is going on around in the kitchen and in the family, and you just kind of whisper under your breath, God, I love you. And God wants you to know you're going to find moments where you'll redeem time, where five minutes will seem like an hour. And uh, there's just been such a sense of how do I fit all this together. And God says, actually, I've called you. I put my hand upon you and there is a prophetic edge to you as a couple. There's a prophetic anointing upon you as a couple and God is going to begin to really lift off limitations around you because you felt like you thought, I need to fit a particular mold as a couple or I need to be a particular eldership style or a particular pastoral style or whatever it is in order to be. God says, no, I call you to be very unique. I call you to be a couple who provoke others. I call you to be a couple who are edge who come with the sense of heaven to earth. And I believe God is going to begin to unlock such an incredible anointing upon you. And I believe the Lord wants to say there's a latent prophetic anointing on you and in you. And God is going to begin to unlock a very sharp prophetic word. He's going to begin to unlock the ability to see in the spirit. And you're going to begin to see things. And you're going to begin to understand things. And You're going to begin to preach even prophetically, where you know it's almost like you found it at times really difficult to fit yourself in a nice uh, uh, exegetical. Preaching style because you know God speaks to you about particular themes and God says that's right and you have to do that. And there's going to be a coupling of the prophetic with powerful evangelistic reaping anointing. And God says to you as a couple, you will find yourselves being elevated and lifted up in this next season because it's His season of favor for you. And uh, you'll find that where you don't quite fit the mold, God will make space and give you favor in order to be who you are because because he's not called you to defend yourself, he's called you to be yourself. And I believe the Lord is going to begin to really add a whole new dynamic of um, power to you as a couple. And, And Emma, this is for you as well. There is an anointing for healing on you. I believe the Lord's going to use you because you're a straight talker, okay? You tell it like it is and you can see things in people's lives and you don't know whether it's discernment or just you. And God says he's going to begin to sharpen your ability to pick up on the subtle nuances in people's lives and bring the word of the Lord to set them free and bring healing to them both physically and emotionally. And God says to you as a couple, he's really going to promote you. You've paid a price in the secret place. There have been some things that you've had to walk through things that you've had to uh, deal with things that you've had to put to death even in, in both in your marriage and as individuals you've had to press through and God says this is the season for breakthrough this is the season for you to step into a whole new place and God's hand is on you and there are going to be moments where you'll be caught up in his presence both as a couple. And these individuals to really hear his heart and bring something of his grace to this church and beyond. There is a translocal call on your life. Okay, as a couple, there will be times where you will travel beyond this church into many other nations and many other contexts because he's given you a prophetic mantle and anointing that will break some things open. Amen. So Holy Spirit, release your power upon them in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love your presence. Uh, Paul and Chloe, would you just stand? I just want to prophesy over you. Um, uh, Chloe, there is um, some songs that you're going to be singing in your room that's going to have a profound impact on the way that you minister to broken women. Um, I feel like... uh, There has been moments in your life where you have known what it's like to be right in a place of deep brokenness. And I believe the Lord wants to say to you, daughter of Zion, I want you to be a woman who, out of brokenness and deep, deep contriteness, minister to many other broken women. I believe the Lord is going to give you a strong anointing in the area of works of knowledge. You won't even realize that you're moving in works of knowledge, but people will say, how did you know that I was going through this? How did you know that I was just thinking about that? And God says to you today, Chloe, that you are going to bring something of the flavor of heaven to many people. And you're going to teach some boring people how to have fun. Because you're fun, because you love to laugh. You love to, to be a woman who sees, a, you've got a really sneaky sense of humor, actually. And God is going to begin to unlock an ability to minister both English church. I believe there is coming a season where you both will be up front doing particular things. And it's not going to be a kind of nice pastoral pastor and his wife mold. It's going to be about moving from your gift to touch a body of people, alright? And I believe the Lord is wanting to really say to you, Chloe, he values you. He values the price that you've had to pay. He values the um, moments of brokenness that you've walked through. And he says to you, he wastes nothing. He wastes nothing. He wastes nothing. There is no waste in the economy of the kingdom. And I just feel like you've looked back on your life at times and thought, if only I'd grab that opportunity, if only I'd grab this opportunity. And God says to you, he wastes nothing. And you're coming into a season of incredible breakthrough for yourself. And that breakthrough is going to liberate a whole lot of women in this church to be who they call called to be. Paul, I believe the Lord wants to say to you, it's a new season for you. It's a new season for you. Church, I want you to understand and recognize what God's about to do with this man. You're not simply to look to him as a nice pastor who's going to love you, but you're to look at him as a pioneer who's going to break open some new things. And I believe the Lord is releasing a pioneering edge on you. You're going to be like, (laughs) please forgive me for this analogy, you're going to be like a little Jack Russell. When you get a hold of something, you're just not going to let go. All right, and God is going to give you an ability, and Jack Russell has an ability to get into nooks and crannies that no other kind of dog can, okay? And I feel, forgive me for the analogy, but I believe the Lord wants to say you're going to be a bit like that. You're going to get into places. It's going to be so unsuspecting. You're going to come in with your nice pastoral manner, with your ability to make people feel safe, and then suddenly you're going to catch them up into a pioneering mission God says to you, those dreams that you have about pushing back, even in terms of this uh, 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 region, Hastings, even in terms of beyond, God says, this is the hour, this is the day that you're to step into. And you will begin to pioneer some new things. You will begin to pioneer and break open some new things. And those things have been stirring in your heart concerning the supernatural. As you begin to apply yourself in this next season, you'll begin to see significant breakthrough personally in the area Of healing, personally in the area of deliverance, personally in the area of setting people free to be who they're called to be. God says to you that you're to diarize time that is wasted on Him. (laughs) You're to waste your time on Jesus. It's not about preparing another sermon. It's not about trying to read the scripture for some good points. It's not about trying to read another commentary, although. Those times will be needed. It's going to be about wasting time loving Jesus because there's a whole new dynamic of a love relationship that he's about to unlock in you. So get ready. God's hand is on you to pioneer some new things. It is not going to be a safe church anymore. It is not going to be a safe church anymore. It's going to be dangerous. Not dangerous to people but dangerous against the kingdom of darkness. And so, Father, we want to bless them. Won't you bless them? You just pour out blessing upon them. And I pray for a spectacularly good holiday soon as well, Lord. Give them a phenomenally nice break somewhere, Lord. Bless. I don't know why I'm praying that, but I think they need that, so I'll just pray that. Bless them. Bless them, God. I ask you that they would find even their children blessed beyond measure, Lord, in Jesus' name. So come, Holy Spirit. We affirm the call of God upon this couple. We recognize them, both Paul and Chloe, as a gift to this church. And we say, God, use them to pioneer some things. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, just just one more. Is that all right? And then I'll get into the preach. I hope you guys are having fun. I just feel like there's somebody in this section, probably towards the back section over there. So in this section, towards the back over there, you've had, um, um, it's like I can see um, particular areas of business that you've been involved in. And it's just as you're about to get to the breakthrough, it feels like. Something collapses. It feels like there's a, like a roadblock against you. And it's like you've been pushing up against some, some things. You've been saying, God, I know you've spoken to me in a particular area of business or a particular job or or something that you're doing by yourself, and it's like there have been roadblock after roadblock after roadblock, and you've just kind of gone, God, what is happening? In fact, I feel like in the last year, it's like there's been such an attack against you that you're not quite sure even what to do. You might even be considering of shutting down some projects, and I just feel God wants to minister to you. I think you're in this section towards the back over there. If it is, can you wave your hand at me, because I believe God wants to minister specifically to I thought it was you, my brother. Won't you stand up? Um, Excellent. I believe the Lord is wanting to speak to you about a new season of strategy for your business and for the thing that you do. I can see the words consultancies. Um, I'm not quite sure exactly what it is you do, but I feel like there's going to be a sense in which God is going to begin to refine your skills, refine your business, refine what you do. So when you go into particular places, uh, you will consult and they'll almost immediately go, we want you We want to. And I believe God wants to say to you, there's some schemes and some plans that you've been thinking through and you've been praying through. God says this is the season to begin to step out and to begin to implement those things because His hand is on it and He's going to protect you and He's going to provide for you. I feel there are going to be specific men who are going to come alongside of you to really give you wisdom and to give you faith for finance. All right, my brother. Um, I don't know why I'm seeing this and I trust that you will wait this with the elders in this church I keep seeing properties and properties and properties okay and I, I feel like God is going to begin to unlock something in that arena for you in what you do and you are going to find favor in the most unlikely places and God is going to cause you to walk into a place where it's an open space and it's almost like the enemy is really trying to uh, assign uh, um, failure against you. And it's almost like I even see you as a young boy uh, growing up and particular words that have been spoken over you in the area of failure and in the area of your confidence. And God is going to break that off of you in this next season because you're called to be a man of significance. You're called to be a man of influence and affluence, okay? And God is going to use you in this next season. So get ready. He's going to rip off some of the things that have held you tight, that have kind of hemmed you in so you can begin to step up into that which is called you to the bible says there is wisdom in the counsel of many and i feel like as you submit yourself and some business plans and some ideas and things have been brewing in your heart with some people you'll find there'll be wisdom that will come and provide a platform for success for you in this next season i i do believe god's saying that um The season of bankruptcy, as it were, or the enemy trying to bankrupt you is coming to an end. And there's going to be a season of real favor and outpouring. And in a down economy, you're going to find the upward favor of God upon your life. And so, Father, we want to trust for this brother in Jesus' name that you open up doors of significance for him. Bless him, Lord God. God, I ask you that there will be um, business opportunities way beyond his expectation, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we've just read Galatians chapter 3, and this has to be one of my most favorite bits in the Bible, because Paul is at his highest um, veracity against the religious spirit. And I hate the religious spirit. I really do. I hate it when we rely on tradition and regulations and legalism to enjoy the favor of God. Do we have any religion haters out there? Good. And Paul is kind of like, he's not mincing his words. He's not messing around in this text. He's going for the jugular. In fact, he equates legalistic living with witchcraft. He says, who has bewitched you? And Paul doesn't, you know, he's not out to mess around. He's out to get this foundation right. We cannot have any legalism. We cannot have any kind of control that stifles the very working of the Spirit. And when you read this text, I find it fascinating because there are some things here that are taken as a given. Things like the activity of the Spirit. It's like, well, how did you receive the Spirit? In this community in Galatia, it was expected that this church would be a church that experienced the moves of the Spirit. It was expected that Sunday mornings, meetings, tied together, that there would be an activity of the transcendent Holy Spirit of God that changes lives, that convicts sinners, that brings the perspective of heaven, and that releases the kingdom. You notice he says in here that there are miracles that are being worked amongst you. It's like this church was jam-packed with the activity of the Spirit and the activity of miraculous. I've been teaching on faith last night and how we need to begin to contend for the gift of faith again in our evangelical circles. That as a church, our predisposition should be that we are convinced, fully convinced that God wants to do something and he wants to act on our behalf. And in this context, he talks about faith, and he talks about how did you receive the ability to have faith? How did you receive the working of the Spirit? And it's all about the activity of the supernatural in a local church. Now, we've had this weekend where I, I trust that we've moved some things in the Spirit. I hope some of you agree with that. Please. I trust that we've touched something in God. I, I love the word my brother brought yesterday about shackles and chains being pulled off people. And as people began to dance in them, it began to become like powder. I do believe that this church is in a season of a new wine skin; That the structural uh, ways that you do things are going to be shaped not simply by leadership structure, but it's going to be shaped by the new wine being poured out. You see, the new wine was never meant to be held in a particular structure. It was meant to shape the structure. You see, when you make new wine, what you do is you get the wine, it begins to bubble and ferment, it begins to move. Actually, when you've been to... um, I grew up in Cape Town, just in part of the wine region, making, so we are go and uh, do wine tasting. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that publicly, but I just did. Um, and we are go and watch what was happening, and you'd literally see the wine beginning to move, even though nothing was stirring it, because there's life in the wine. There's yeast in the wine. It's beginning to move. It's beginning to ferment. It's beginning to, to bubble. In fact, the new wine, the Bible says, has a kind of extra kick in it. People didn't want to drink new wine because it tasted bitter to the mouth, but it got you intoxicated much quicker than the old wine. And that's the point of the new wine. It's offensive to what it looks like on the outside. It tastes funny. doesn't taste so nice, but it gets you into the presence of God much quicker. And so the wine will begin to shape what the wineskin looked like. And I believe you're in a season in which this church is no longer simply going to be shaped by structures that we set up to try and contain what God's doing, but it's going to be shaped by what God is doing, and we're going to find our structures around that. Yeah, you can clap. That's a good thing to clap about. So I want to say to you, and I mean this, because I know that in this church there is a phenomenal history of the goodness of God. Do you know this church, I've been hearing stories of moves of the Holy Spirit that has been in this church quite regularly for the last how many ever years. But your history is not going to determine where you're going to go in this next season. You see, the thing that you did yesterday cannot get you where you need to be today. And I believe God is beginning to shape and shape this church in a new way. So get ready. I do believe that part of what's going to happen is prophesying over the eldership team the other day. Part of what will happen is there's going to be a demographic change. That you're going to begin to see lots of young families coming in all of a sudden. Lots of salvation breaking out amongst young professionals. And it's not at the expense of what God has done with the more mature generation in this church. But it's going to be a coupling together and a running together. Amen? I often get frustrated with young youth leaders who say, it's it's time for the young people. I'm like, no, it's not. It's time for multi-generational ministry. Because I need some fathers and mothers to shape me. But I tell you what, God is going to begin to reshape and and God is going to begin to pour out fresh wine upon this church. And I believe this has been a a, a kind of catalyst. God's bound to break open something of the activity of the Spirit in a fresh way in this church. How do we sustain that? How do we keep this expectation of the miraculous? How do we keep this expectation of faith in this context? And I want to just touch on a few things very quickly and then I want to do some ministry. I just want to remind you about faith just very quickly. Faith is the culture in which the kingdom thrives. In other words, if there's a lack of faith, there's very little kingdom activity. Faith is the platform, the base from which we even begin to press in to the activity of the spirit. Faith was never meant to be Static. Faith was meant to be increasing. So the Bible says faith the size of a mustard seed can move some mountains. Now I don't know if you've seen any mustard seed faith moving mountains recently. Have you seen that? Because I haven't. But what it is, is about that little seed being dropped into the ground and beginning to grow and becoming the biggest tree. Faith is not about size, it is about increase. It's about growing faith. You have received a measure from God that God wants to and God intends to grow as you get a revelation of him. Faith is the platform from which we begin to see the miraculous. Faith is rooted in a confidence and an an assurance that that which is unseen is coming right into this reality. Faith is the anchor into the unseen. Faith is the anchor into the miraculous. Faith is the anchor into the power of the Spirit. Faith operates like this. It takes what we hope for and it realizes that right now. See, hope looks forward to something. Faith brings that very thing into existence right here. It is the title deed. It is the title. It's the proof of things that we're hoping for. And I believe God is wanting to bring us into a place as a community and as a people and as a church of an expectancy of faith, of an expectancy of God breaking out, of an expectancy of increase, that our natural default in this church is not what God is not doing, but what God is doing. Our natural default is an expectation of the breaking out of his kingdom. I was um, watching some videos by Catherine Coleman um, at Brian's house the other day, I, I I think she's so cool, Catherine Coleman. I mean, she was a bit different. Um, if you don't know who Catherine Coleman is, she was a, a woman evangelist who saw thousands and thousands of people get saved. There were stories of her literally walking through a hotel, uh, through the back of the kitchen, and as she do that, people would begin to fall out under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Um, In her own hometown, she had a special entrance at the airport because as she would walk through the airport, airport, people would come under the conviction of the Holy Spirit and start repenting and disrupt all of the services. (laughs) She carried something of the very presence and power of God. And she used to have this little phrase, and I've never understood it until recently, she'd say, only believe. Only believe believe. God's looking for some men and women of faith who believe him. But I don't know about you, but when I think about faith, and I think about the demonstration of the kingdom, and I think about people who I've seen who are really full of faith, they kind of had a bit of a weird aura, a bit of a weird vibe about them. And I'd see prayer meetings in particular where people who start praying for faith and they kind of assume the position, kind of something like this. Like, exactly like that. And they'd start praying, God would need more faith. And they'd start getting very intense. And somewhere in the middle of the prayer, there'd be like this vein that would pop out on their foreheads. And as they'd be praying, get me more faith, God, I want more faith. The vein would begin to beat according to the fastness of their heartbeat. And I used to be like, oh my word, if they carry on praying, they're just going to pop a blood vessel and die. And I trying to try and figure out, how do we sustain what God's giving? How do we become a people of faith? Because I thought faith was about how hard I believed. I thought it was about me just pulling myself up and going, I'm just going to believe. you heard some of that kind of teaching? You just got to believe really hard that God's going to do it. Until I began to understand that faith is about a revelation of grace. If you want more faith, you have to learn to enjoy more grace. Paul, in this very context, talking about the activity of the Spirit, talking about the hearing of faith, talking about the Spirit of God breaking out, he connects all of these things to the centrality of the cross. And he says, it was before you that Jesus was portrayed as crucified. That word portrayed there literally means that Paul, as graphically as possible, painted a picture of the crucifixion and the resurrection. That's what he's saying. He's saying all of this activity of the Spirit, all of this moving in faith, all of this creating a culture of expectation is found in the finished work of the cross. The problem with most Christians is that we still live under two covenants. The Bible says that a double-minded man receives nothing from the Lord. And what we do is we approach God, we approach things of the supernatural, we approach creating an expectation of God breaking out with a bit of legalism stuck somewhere. And so we approach God with, I must do this, I must fast more, I must pray more, I must work harder more, I must try and witness to at least five people today, I must pray for at least ten people today, otherwise I'm never going to see more activity of the Spirit. Paul says, it's the finished work of the cross. It's the finished work of of the cross. Jesus was publicly portrayed as crucified and you received it by no works of your own. In fact, the only contribution you made to that was your sin. You see, under the law, blessing comes through obedience. In grace Blessing comes simply because you believe. Simply because you believe. Abraham was a random Middle Eastern man walking around, somewhere probably in Iran, and God said to him, I like the look of that one. Goes up to Abraham and says, I want to make you a blessing. And do you know what Abraham did? Thank you, I'll take that. That's all he did. He said, I agree with you, I'll take that. You see, you need to do as much to receive the goodness of God as Jesus did to receive your sin on the cross. He did absolutely nothing to receive your sin, but he took it. You do as much as he did, you do absolutely nothing to receive his righteousness. All you need to do is believe it. The key to sustaining what God is going to do in terms of the Spirit is not by trying to put legalistic structures in place. It's not by trying to work harder at things. It's by enjoying more grace. Acts chapter 14 and verse 3 says an incredible thing. It says that God confirmed the word of his grace by doing many signs and wonders. Friends, if we're truly a grace-filled people, there must be signs and wonders if we're truly a people who expect the breaking out of God, if we're truly a people who live free from legalism and the burden of trying to carry our own sin, grace means that there'll be a demonstration of power. I love this word here. Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by the yearning in faith? That word supply is an incredible word. It literally means to generously provide what is needed to cover the cost completely. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit in his grace and in his mercy upon you covers the cost completely. Living a life of the miraculous, living a life of faith, expecting God to break out in churches, expecting God to break out in your um, small groups or whatever groups you have, expecting God to break out when you pray for someone in the workplace is not dependent on your ability to pray. It's not dependent on your ability to work really hard. It is solely dependent upon the fact that he is gracious and that because you're a son of his grace, you get in on the action. If work to sustain and get more faith, if we're to sustain what God is doing in this context, if we're to sustain what God is going to increase in this church, we must understand that it's all of grace. Anything else is witchcraft. (laughs) Who has bewitched you? It's the most liberating aspect of the gospel. That because of grace... I live a life that completely fulfills all the expectations that God has. I believe God wants to create English church an expectation and a wineskin that holds the moving of his spirit. And it requires grace. If you want more faith, You'll need to enjoy more grace. You can't live in two covenants. You can't try and think, well, let me work harder over here. Maybe I'll get closer. That's the joy about approaching heaven. I've often heard worship leaders say, just forget about what's happened this week. Forget about the difficulties you're facing. Forget about the sin you're in. And just come to Jesus. Well, the truth is grace means I come to Jesus with all of my baggage and he exchanges my baggage for his grace. Friends, the church in Galatians was trying to mix a little bit of law with the grace of God and it began to cut them off from enjoying the activity and work of the Spirit. If we're to sustain what God's saying, we must be a people of grace. We must be a people who live in grace. Jesus says, beware of the leaven, of the Pharisees and of Herod. Control and religion, that's what they represent, will block us all from being a community that truly experiences the miraculous. You want more faith? Enjoy more grace. Two of the best examples in the New Testament of great faith were Gentiles who came to Jesus and said to him, heal me. And Jesus would say things like, I have not seen such great faith in all of Israel. The two that Jesus commends, the only two that Jesus commends for their faith are those who are out of living under the law. And Jesus says, these two have great faith. Here's the reason. They reckoned, well, I'm not living under the law and I'm not even a child of promise. But I see something in Jesus that's good and that's kind. And anything I get from him is more than what I deserve anyway, so I might as well ask. And Jesus says to them, greater faith have I not seen in the whole of Israel. Here's the deal, friends. Our approaching God, our believing Him for miracles, our believing Him for salvations, our believing Him for incredible breaking arcs of the Spirit is not dependent simply on how hard we work at getting His presence. It's simply dependent on the fact that He's kind and gracious and wants to bless you. It's all of grace and nothing else. All of grace and nothing else. I want to come in for a landing very quickly because I really do want to do some ministry and I know time is ticking on. It's all of grace and nothing else. The key to enjoying more grace is not in a five step formula. It's not in the latest book that you can find in the Christian bookstore on how to be successful, and how to look ridiculously good. The key is enjoying grace. Enjoying the fact that you've got free access into the presence of God. Enjoying the fact that you get to live free from the law. Enjoying the fact that sin no longer has a hold over you. Enjoying the fact that you get to demonstrate the kingdom of God wherever you go simply because you're a son and a daughter. Don't know about you, but I think that's pretty cool. I think that's pretty cool. And so I want to encourage you as a church, if you want to sustain what God's doing, if you want to sustain the moving of His Spirit, if you want to sustain the goodness of God, it's all based around the fact that he died and rose again and we've got free access, that grace is our portion and that grace is the key to more faith. It's all by grace and through faith. That's it. We've got to make the main point the main point. Jesus died and rose again. if you don't know that, if you're not a Christian here today, can I encourage you? His kindness is so extravagant that he'll take your guilty conscience, he'll take your sin, and he'll remove it from you as far as the East is from the West. And he'll give you an ability to stand before a holy God, free from fear, free from guilt, free from sin, knowing that he really is good and he's in a good mood today. He loves you so much. He really does. Father, we love your presence. We love your presence, Lord. Come Holy Spirit. Can I um, just move prophetically for a moment? I know it's um, nearly time to close, um, but I just feel God's given me some prophetic words.
1: Church, just to let you know, we've... um... Let the children's workers know we may go slightly over so your children are completely safe and fine um, until 12 o'clock. So just sit back and um, not, don't worry.
0: I'll only take another 15 minutes. Is that all right? You guys happy with that?
1: Fantastic.
0: Hey, God is so good, isn't he? Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love your presence. I'm just going to flow um, just prophetically and see what God might do and what God might say. Um, to some people prophecy really is just uh, from God's heart and he wants to bless you if I say anything wrong I'm quite happy to apologize publicly um, please take the prophetic words that you receive sit down with some eldership or someone who is a bit more mature than you in the face so you can work out what the prophetic word means and how you can apply it all right um, prophecy is not fortune-telling Okay, prophecy is simply yearning from God and what God wants to do. Can I also just say at the end of this meeting, I'm going to be done. So I'm going to be completely finished. And whilst I'd love to pray for people, I will not be prophesying over anyone simply because it's been a long weekend. And somewhere along the line, I start seeing chickens and then I start making things up and you don't want that. All right? So I'm not, I really don't want that to happen. Um, And uh, I'd love to pray for people also, because I genuinely believe prophecy should be weighed. And so I like to give prophetic words publicly. And that way, your eldership and other people in this church can weigh what I'm saying. if I'm saying something rubbish, they can come and lovingly and gently rebuke me. All right? And so I just want to say that right from the outset. But he loves you so much and wants to bless many of you in a very significant way. All right? Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love your presence. Hey, Katie, will not you just stand quickly? I just want to prophesy over you. Um, I just uh, feel God wants to encourage you that uh, um, <laughs> you're a feisty woman, and God likes it about you. You're a woman who pushes up against the boundaries, and you get bored ever so easily. You really do, and God is going to begin to really unlock a real passion for his words in you. There's going to be a real desire to grapple with the word to really study the word both in an academic way but also in a sense of carrying the heart of God prophetically, because there's some things you're called to say there's some things you're called to equip others in there's some things that you're called to really lift others into a place of uh of, of walking in in freedom and walking in freedom from the past and walking in freedom from things that have held them and I believe God is going to begin to unlock in you um such a clarity, such a single-mindedness concerning the purposes of God. I believe also the Lord has already put nations upon your heart and you know God's spoken to you about particular nations, even the poor and the broken and the marginalized. And you said, God, surely I want to minister to these. Surely I want to bring something of your heart to them. And I believe God says, I'm going ahead of you. I'm beginning to prepare a way. I'm beginning, cause you, you just love adventure. You're slightly, I, I don't know if you're into like, a, even like living on the edge, adventure kind of stuff. I see just on the edge a lot. And God has put that in you. He's put an ability to really press through boundaries, really press through areas um, that others would even be afraid to go to. And I believe the Lord's even going to give you a voice into places that other people can't get a voice into because you're just going to walk right on through like you own the place and this is your territory and you're going to bring the kingdom of God because that's just who you are. God loves that about your personality and it's not rebellion. It's not rebellion because you know, there'll be some who say, oh, you're just rebellious. God says, no, no, it's part of the call of God upon your life and he's really going to be going to using this next season. I feel like they're even things around policies and decision-making stuff that God's going to use you in, that's going to give an advance for the kingdom, both in... Uh Um, in the the secular, and I I understand what I mean by that, Everything sacred to the Lord, but in the sense of working in the world and bringing some policy decisions, but also in the kingdom of God. You're going to have an ability to set things in place, put people in the right place, recognize giftedness, recognize anointing, and deliver that to people and release them into a place of significance. And so God's hand is just on you right now, and he's going to really begin to use you In a dramatic way. So come Holy Spirit. Release your power in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Love you Lord. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Lord. We love your presence Lord Jesus. Come let's just love Jesus for a moment. You're wonderful. Keep our gaze on him. Keep our focus on him. You're wonderful, magnificent, absolutely glorious. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Is there somebody in this section over here? I think you're in the first half of the section. You've had some kind of condition uh, with your lungs, and I feel like some kind of... Um, I do it's um, breathing problems or something like that, but I see a condition... Do you understand? Let's just pray for you quickly. Come Holy Spirit. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I release your anointing, your power in the name of Jesus. We speak health into this body. We speak health into this body right now in the name of Jesus. We command healing to flow right now. We say, be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Now we release your power Right now, in the name of Jesus, come Holy Spirit. Release your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you. Let's just pray for this. um, Tracy, is that your husband? Do you want to just both stand? I'm glad you're married. That's a good thing. Hey. Do you know, for you, as a couple, it's just been such a season of shaking. It's been a season where you felt like everything around you that could be shaking has been shaking. Everything that can fall off has been falling off. And even I feel got to do family relationships and issues in family. It's like there's been just such tension and such a, a season where you felt like you've just been under full attack. Um, by the enemy and God wants to say to you uh, that he's coming to you with grace for this next season because he's going to begin to teach you about in the place of crushing in the place of hardship that there's grace to be found and there's a fragrance of worship that comes in that place of crushing that can only be found there and that provides a platform for even greater faith Okay, And I believe God wants to say to you as a couple, where there have been some limitations, I feel even, um, particularly financially and particularly in terms of just difficulties around you. Gone, God, where do we fit this all in? How is it going to happen? God says, I'm going to bring clarity and wisdom so that you can begin to step into a new place of being free in that which is called you to be. I believe as a couple, you, you guys just love to serve. You love to just be around the back. You love to just do the little bits and stuff other people don't do. And God wants to say, He's you to be faithful and He loves it about you. So God has given you a, a, a real um, tenderness, okay, and you're a real father and God wants to use you to really father many people. Alright, you could be, it's like you guys are going to have an open house and an empty fridge all the time. People are just going to be around there. You're just going to love on young couples. You're going to just you know, talk about some of the own things you've had to walk through and bring the grace of God in the midst of that, okay? God's hand is really on you. I feel like there's a particular um, child, uh, I don't know how many children you have, three, Um, I just feel like, I don't know, I think it's probably the oldest one, I just feel like concern, and where is the oldest one? Do you want to just stand up? I want to prophesy over you too. I just feel like God wants to encourage you concerning the decisions that you're about to make, concerning the career choice and things that you've been asking God about you've been kind of God I don't know what to do next God says he's going to be very clear and he's going to provide for you in a significant way I feel like there's an overseas uh, thing that God wants to do with you I don't know if you've been desiring to travel or to go somewhere and God's saying I'm going to open up the door for you in a very significant way and just feel like sometimes you guys have been concerned about how is this all going to work out? Where is the money going to come from? How is it going? God says I'm going to provide for you, and this is going to be about as much as your faith believing God for stuff. As much as it is about be about your parents, and God says just trust me uh, in this. You're called to be very creative. There's creativity on you. Okay, there's color. It's like I can see like uh, like a clothing designer kind of thing. Like where you just. Uh, Design stuff. I don't know if you're into that kind of stuff, but uh, you into that? Good, because God wants to bless that in your life. God wants to use that in your life, okay? And God wants to really open up doors for you at the right time. But I see you going to a different place. Um, I feel it's going to be like a big city. God's going to really shape you and use you in that place. It might be like a year out of your life or whatever the case might be. And God's going to put some things in your heart because he's got his hand on you in a significant way, all right? And, and God's going to really use you. I know God's got his hand on all of your children, but I just feel God wanted to highlight this young lady, just particular, because it's a particular season that you're in as a family and you've been saying, God, how's this all going to work on? God says it's going to happen in a significant way. I just feel for you, Tracy. God wants to say to you, in quietness and in confidence will be your strength. All right? There are going to be some words that you're going to whisper to people that no one else hears about and will bring radical freedom. Okay? God loves your heart. He loves who you are and he's going to use you very significantly to touch many, many people. Okay? And so just feel like where well, there's been a real brokenness and even... Um, like a cloud of depression that's trying to be over you for a season. I feel even to do with your sleep patterns even. like You've been struggling sleeping, yeah. God's going to lift that off of you in this next season. It's going to come an ability to rest really deeply and know the goodness of God. So Father, bless this family. Ask for your anointing in Jesus' name. Come upon them right now in Jesus' name. Amen. I mean, just to say again, I, you haven't told me anything. I don't know anything about these folks. This is the first time I've actually met them in terms of this weekend. Um, but God is speaking. God, lo- God knows so much. In fact, he knows everything. <laughs> and uh, he loves to tell you his good thoughts, doesn't he? Thank you, Lord. Um, is there um, someone with the name Roseanne? Yeah, a, a roseanne um just the names popping into my head so I'm stepping out in faith um a roseanne or a Rosalind something it's like the ros in the beginning does that make sense to anyone if not I could be wrong and that's okay is, there any, is that anyone over there a Roseanne or is your mum now I feel like there's someone is your mum yeah no now, I feel like there's someone here yeah, like that. I'm just, might be wrong, so that's okay. Rosie, where is Rose? Yeah, the human the the kids were. Well, I'll pray for her because I'd love to just pray, pray with her back. Um, I just feel like God wants you to do something uh, with somebody who's been struggling with incredible pain in your jaw. It's like a nerve or something that's been trapped. And uh, it's causing terrible pain. You might even have like a grinding uh, of your jaw. Um, I feel God wants to heal you. Um, And and I think you're somewhere in the back rows, actually. Uh, Ah, there we go. Thank you, Lord. Hey, just lift up your hands over there, and we're just going to ask God for healing. You might want to just put your hand on your jaw. Actually, that might help a little bit better. There we go. Hey, Do you guys want to be part of believing God for healing? Let's trust God together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we release your anointing and your power upon this dear lady. We ask you for your kingdom to come upon her body right now. We take authority over sickness and disease. We take authority over this jaw pain. We command it to go right now in Jesus' name. Release your presence and your power upon her. Release your grace and your mercy to her right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Release your presence, Lord, in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit. Hey, I feel like um, like I can see there's, a, I think it's a lady, um, and I feel like you're about to approach the anniversary in the kind of next uh, two or three weeks of... Um, a A devastating sense of relational breakdown i don 't know if it was through a death or through a divorce, and I think it 's in the next two weeks you 're about to approach that anniversary of that moment and uh, just recently it 's like you 've just been overcome by real anxiety and anxiousness around that. And uh, I believe the Lord wants to just bring his grace and mercy to you and speak a word of his kindness over you. Uh, If that's you, could you wave your hand? I know that's quite a brave thing to ask you to wave. Do you want to stand up, ma'am? Let's pray for you. Um, Thank you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. He just loves you so, so much. Father, we ask you in Jesus' name for this dear lady. Would you come pour out your grace right now in Jesus' name? He loves you so much. And I just felt God wanted to say to you, he's going to lift off the sense of anxiety and fear of being alone. All right? And I feel like God wants to say to you, you're called to be a woman who's going to live a long life of incredible um, fruitfulness and joy. All right, and I feel like where there have been some things right deep within your heart that you've been wrestling with, uh, God's going to begin to bring some peace, okay, to some unanswered questions that you've had, and it's not that the questions aren't necessarily going to get answered, but there's going to be a peace and an ability to just know that he is working all things together for your good, and I feel like God also wants to remove a sense of guilt at times that you've carried, and you've gone, "What well, if I'd done more, if i being them or whatever the case might be God saying I'm removing that because I want you to walk in life in this next season. I believe that I see the word promotion coming to you. I feel God wants to say this promotion, this um, favour coming to you. I don't even know if that means in terms of a job or a particular circumstance, but God's going to bring favour to lift you up into a new place because his hand is on you. And that sense of carrying that burden is going to lift off of you in this next season so that you can clearly see what he has planned for you. I believe there are significant things that he has planned for you and that he's going to use in this next season to touch many people. And so, Father right now, in the name of Jesus, I release your anointing and your power to come upon this dear lady. ask you, God, that you would um, remove fear, that you remove a sense, Lord God, of um, loneliness even, Lord, and release your life upon her right now. I thank you for your favor and your blessing to be upon her, in Jesus' name. He loves you so much he's going to really do some significant things with you. Amen. Hey, let's give God just a huge clap and just bless him. Thank you, Lord. We're going to come in for a landing in a moment. Just one or two more, if that's all right. God's with us. Are you guys happy? You don't mind me? Great. Great, great, great. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Keep touching people. One of the things that I'm learning about the prophetic is that The best way to prophesy is to encourage someone. And so I want to encourage you that for me, as I'm flowing in the prophetic right now, it's not like I'm getting the Sean Connery voice saying, Julian, this is what you need to do next. It's just simply stepping out in little impressions, okay? And you can do this. You can do this. It's by being a beating with the little stuff that God unlocks the big stuff. All right? So keep, keep pressing and going to do some amazing things with you as a community. All right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come Holy Spirit. We love your presence. This is quite a weird, weird, weird word of knowledge, but I'm just going to go for it and hope for the best. Because that's what stepping in faith is often about. I feel like there's somebody here who has like um, an allergic reaction to the skin of certain fruits. So certain types of fruit that if you touch it, it's like you're getting allergic. Okay. Do you understand? I want to just pray. I believe God wants to. Um, You guys, are you guys together? Great. Do you understand? Excellent. You guys are all together, aren't you? Excellent. Gina, you know, I really like you. You are really cool. Excellent. Let's pray for you. Father, I thank you for your anointing right now. I just thought God wanted to highlight that particular word of knowledge because He wants to highlight your attention as a couple that uh, He is ha- going to begin to really enlarge your capacity to love in this next season. He's going to enlarge your capacity as a couple to be able to. Um, bring mercy to the very broken of the broken. It's like you guys are moved by compassion. Particularly you, my sister, you have an incredible compassion for people. It's like I can see you stopping in the streets to help people. It's just there's a deep compassion. And God is going to begin to use you as a couple to minister See, even those in this community who are broken and poor and who come from hard backgrounds and there's going to be an ability to show the compassion of God to them and an ability to pour out grace upon them. And I believe God wants to really use you. I keep getting the word therapy. I don't know what it is that you do as a couple. What it is you do, my sister? But I believe God's going to give you some ways of communicating that's going to have a therapeutic uh, effect on particularly very vulnerable and broken people. And God's going to use it. It's almost like I can even see like, art and colour being used in what you're going to do. It's like the you can see a big canvas of art and and, and and paints and and different mediums of art that God's going to use. I see you gathering groups of people in different communities and releasing the life of God into those places and God wants to say to you you're in the right place at the right time my sister that you're going to begin to. I really feel this is, I know this is for both of you and for all of you in one sense but I feel like this is about God wanting to say to you my sister some things that you've been desiring, prophetic things that you've been thinking about and saying, God, how do I do this? God says it's time to step out in those things because he's going to use you very significantly to bring the love and the compassion and the mercy of God to those who are unlovable and have no mercy. So Holy Spirit, release your presence right now in Jesus' name. Release your anointing right now. God, cause your favor to come upon them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Amen. God is so good. God is so good. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah.
1: <laughs>
0: Thank you, Lord. We do love your presence. I'm going to come in for a landing. Why don't we just stand and um, we're just going to trust God. Slipped our hands. Um, uh, I just feel like I've got a little popcorn one. The guy with the green T-shirt on, God's hand is on you for leadership. And he's going to use you, okay? And uh, you can trust him because he's going to begin to direct you very clearly concerning what he has for you, okay? His hand is on you. Uh, Just a couple next door to him. I just feel like God wants to say to you as a couple that there is going to be significant opportunities in this next season to begin to really release life into people, okay? And it's almost like there's going to be an ability to cut through rubbish and bring the mercy of God right into that, okay? And I feel like... um, I feel like God wants to say to, to this couple that, uh, this next season there's gonna be, do you mind just, sorry, just moving out the way, this next season, not you two. <laughs> this next season there's gonna be more opportunities for you to shape things and people's lives and be a mother and a father to people, uh, than, than you've ever had before. So get ready. I believe there's gonna be some surprises this next season for you, significant surprises where you thought you'd hit a particular ceiling in the way you do things, even as a couple, even in the things that you're involved in. I'm not quite sure what it is that you guys do, but I feel like um, there's going to be incredible, significant favor. It's almost like, I just feel like I want to say, retirement in the kingdom is not an option. Okay? Retirement in the kingdom is not an option. And God is going to begin to bring incredible favour and life for you. I I just, my my brother, I do feel like you're going to begin to see... um significant healings in what you're going to be doing in this next season. You're going to be praying for people and there's going to be life that's going to flow. God's hand is on you in a significant way. Let's lift our hands and we'll end. Father, we thank you for your presence. We ask you, God, that there would be an outpouring of your spirit again and again and again. God, I ask you to help this church transition to be a people who don't only have a nice wine skin, but they have wine that shapes the wine skin. In Jesus' name, we give you all the glory and the honour for what you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Raise, quickly raise your hands. Let's pray, where's Julian gone? There, he's gone. He said he was going to be quick. Raise our hands, let's pray that God will bless Julian. As he goes back to, he's going back to Manchester um, tomorrow. Pray for God's blessing upon him. He's served us very faithfully. Let's raise our voices, church. He's taught us how to pray out loud, hasn't he? Thank you so much for this weekend, we pray would you bless Julian, would you do him good I pray, I pray he would go back uh, as full as he came to us. I pray with a great blessing from Hastings to Manchester and where he serves over the coming days and weeks we pray.